to the Adventure Game Club podcast. This month we are talking about Riven, our game for July. Um, Riven was a first-person adventure game by Cyan, originally released in 1997. Um, I'm your host, Michael, and with me today are Matt. Hey. And John. Hello! Yay! You're Miss Talk. So... Miss Talk. Um, what was the... F- I guess... What was the first time that both of you played it, uh, Matt? Yeah, so um, I my first memory of Riven uh, it actually comes through Mist. I, I played it at my grandpa's house when I was probably I don't know five or six, pretty young. And uh, I I know when I when we got back home, I asked my dad, "Hey, do we have that game?" And he said, "No, I don't, but I've got Riven. I don't think you'll like it. It's too hard." Um, and then years later. In like 2006 or 2007, I got the, there was like an Ubisoft release of uh, Mist, Riven, and Exile. Um, and I got it like on deep discount at Best Buy and tried and failed to play Riven. Uh, so, and that was, I, so I was probably, I was in middle school at that point. That was, that was my first exposure to it. Okay. And then John? Oh my goodness. So this would have been a launch purchase for us. We got it on the, like the multi-DVD set. Uh, of course, you know, not DVD, sorry, CD set. So we did a lot of disc swapping back in the day. Uh, huge fan of Mist, of course, if for those who listen to the Mist podcast and watched me have an aneurysm live. Um, the, the Riven was something really fantastic for me as a kid. Uh, and it was just something that I existed in. It was the first game that I ever just, I didn't, I was terrible at the game. Like first and foremost, I never beat it until, until the mid 2000s when I decided to go through the whole series again and to try to like, see, does these things hold up? Is this, you know, as good as I thought they were as a kid, but uh young me, this was the first game that I just existed in that world. I just would explore the islands, look at the, the wildlife and, and these sorts of things and just uh, listen to the sounds of, of that world and enjoy it thoroughly. And uh, from there, I was hooked on on Mist in the franchise in general. Mist one scared me. Riven was the one that made me fall in love with it. Okay. Yeah, I think I had the same arc or whatever as you did where I bought it on release, played around with it, but I never finished. And then mid-2000s is when I went back. I think went because I picked up that same compilation. I don't know why I picked it up other than I wanted it on dvd but anyway i yeah i went back and played through all the those three games and completed them at the time in the mid 2000s i gotta Um, ask you this question uh mike real quick then is which one did you think was better missed one riven or exile oh uh (laughs) at that time at the time um I, i probably missed just because even then I had some nostalgia for it and like, just like mm-hmm. the, the locations are more iconic and there's like a lot more mm-hmm. variation in the environments. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I think we can get into it later, but like, I do think Rev- Riven is the superior like designed game. Yeah. Uh, but there's just something like, it's just, you know, Miss was just so different for its time and, 
Um, I don't think that Riven really is as revolutionary. I, I think you're, you might debate me on this, but I don't think it's as revolutionary as Mist was. Um, it's a still fantastic game. I think it's better designed, but it's, you know, a Mist makes such a strong first impression. Um, yeah. In that, so when I, when I bought those DVDs, I, Mist was the only one of those three that I beat. Um, and I, when I, when I finally got back around to Riven, um, which, which wasn't till I was in college, um, I, I played through Mist after I beat Riven. And I, I think the puzzles in that game are, you know, just purely as like someone who likes adventure game puzzles and, and logic, things like that. I think the puzzles in Mist are, are more fun to solve, but I think there's something about Riven that is, that is more satisfying. And, and like you said, kind of feels more, it, it feels like a really nice piece of furniture, Whereas like, you know, mist is the, is the thing that's like functional and, and works and is good. Um, but Riven is like nice to look at. You talk about this, the, the puzzles and the, and the kind of the differentiation between mist and Riven. And I mean, we're going to just jump right into this, Mike. Uh, <laughs> it, this is one of the, the key things that I think is so fascinating. So when I talk to people about mist in general, I always like you start with mist. Like that game is overall, once you understand the gameplay loop of mist, it is fairly easy in reality mm-hmm. it's just understanding what it is that you need to do for the very first time and then from there it just kind of snowballs into into this kind of nice loop um but that's also because the the puzzles in mist are kind of standalone they're not arbitrary logic puzzles like something like the seventh guest uh they they do have some uh you know context to the world albeit some minorly like it's not as it's not as grand scheme riven its puzzles are all contextual um, and everything about them has, yeah. has to deal with the world itself and how it works and behaves. And that is a more opaque concept to grasp for players and to pick up on um, comparatively to Mist, where it, it's, a, it's a simple gameplay loop. You know mm-hmm. exactly where to go to find the hints. Uh, you know exactly where to go to find uh, access to the ages. And then from once you get to the age, you use those hints that you got earlier to solve the puzzles that you have and move on. You're good to go. And Riven is explore, pay attention and take notes on everything because yeah. everything that you see, every sound you hear, everything about the world is important uh, and offers context to the world, but also context to the puzzles you experience. That's hard to deal with. It's, it's a tough game. You have to like really spend some time examining everything. You can't just like, like with Miss, once you kind of figure out the game loop, gameplay loop, it's just like, okay, okay, I look for the notes, take the note, like copy the notes that seem important because they have numbers or whatever in them, then run over to the puzzle thing. Like when I replayed it, it I kind of like, could pick out easily like what are the important things i need to know blah blah blah. run over to the puzzle kind of play with it until i it's like okay this number from my nose connects to this and they're all self-contained riven is not like that at all like it no is you have to be extremely thorough and i, th- I think the closest miss gets is that um is it the selenetic age that the sound one the crystal one Mm-hmm. Um, which to me that, that always felt like that was the hardest one because that one has, I mean, there's the initial, there's kind of like the surface level one where you're going through and doing the stuff with the sounds. And then there's the, the big train sequence under, under the Island. Um, 
And that is the one that feels the most like Riven. I, I, I'd be curious to know, like, if they, if they, if that was the one that was developed last or something like that, because, I mean, you have to kind of understand what you're doing in that whole island. Like initially, when I played Mist, that's where I got stuck, and it was because I didn't understand what I was doing. I was trying to solve it in kind of that, you know, that that puzzle loop. Wait, are you telling me that the sound puzzle in Mist? is the hardest part for you and whereas yeah. the sound puzzles in riven are also the hardest part of riven <laughs> maybe sound puzzles are bad is <laughs> is the takeaway it might be true i know mike hates them mike is not a I, fan of sound I have a hard, well i just also have a hard time with them in general because like i'm kind of tone deaf for it so it's i'm like i can tell that two sounds are different but then i'm like is this higher pitch i uh, maybe yes no well, my, I don't. my dad always talks about having to call so no one in my family is very musical um but my, my dad was a big adventure game guy um and he always talks about when he played mist he had to call my cousin mark who is uh i think eight or nine years older than me because mark he knew mark played the piano and was like describing to him this riven puzzle or this this <laughs> mist puzzle and was trying to have him walk him through how he was going to be able to solve this thing oh, so yeah. I think, that uh, yeah, it's 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 a hard one. Yeah, we should probably talk about what the plot actually is, the story and like premise <laughs> for this game is. Yeah. Um so first of all, I'm gonna say like I don't know why you would listen to this and not listen to, without playing Mist or like while still planning to play Mist, but you know, spoilers for Mist coming up. Um but anyway, so Mist you you go to the you get go through this book to an island, basically find out there's two you, two brothers fighting with each other. They suck. And you find <laughs> the dad who the brothers are stuck in the books. The dad destroys the books. Anyway, so he's, he, he says, well, at the end of that game, he says that he's preparing to fight a larger foe. I think Cyan had a basic idea of what Riven was going to be be about but anyway at the beginning of riven uh he does not send you back home yet he just says he has a plan to stop his um his wife is stuck in another age and uh i guess basically he needs your help to go to the age trap again his father um who has who's basically stuck in this age and is now worshipped there as a god after um i assume he was stuck there many many years and but was that okay and then um he can't go there himself because he needs to come in later to get you out get everyone out he's working on keeping the island from yeah. collapsing so, that's so, a whole yeah, part of it yeah his whole his whole point of having to stay out there atris is is he's like i want i need to save my wife because she was tricked into going into ribbon um and that's like was part of how the brothers tricked their dad to go to um to denis and that's to trap him um and so it was all kind of that elaborate trick. But for him, he knows that the the book of Riven is unstable. His dad wrote it. His dad's a terrible writer. And he has to, to constantly sit there and fix it and stabilize it as best as he can until you can go in and, and retrieve her and capture his dad. Uh, because, of course, he doesn't want his dad to die. He hopes that his dad would learn his lesson. 
why we didn't get another game about him instead of getting two games about the brothers is beyond me. But, you know. Yeah, Gan is such an interesting character. Um, I, I think, uh, and, and this is jumping around a little bit, but um, I, I think it, immediately the thing that that pulls me into this game is um so so you end up on riven the the like the first big landmark is this this big golden dome that has like a temple inside of it um with all these little stained glass windows that kind of are are telling you the story of um like you said how how gen is is worshipped as a god here in this age of riven um and there's all the you know there's a, a, you you you're dropped onto the island with a journal that you can read that gives you some some backstory and kind of tries to explain to you what's going on um and uh i i uh I, I, everything about this, I, I mean, I had that temple, like the, uh, my lock screen on my phone for years and years and years was, um, the, like outside the temple. And then when you unlock the phone, it was stepping in the, like the next transition in like that, that kind of gold room with the pillars, just cause I, I think it looks so cool. And, um, I, I think that's, I, I think this game really holds up, uh, largely because of like the art direction, which is this weird, like, Hey, what if we took like, you know, the medieval Catholic church and steampunk and a weird tropical Island and it just kind of went nuts. Um, I, I still think it looks really good, even though, even in super low res. Yeah. But so uh, to to kind of go, and I completely agree with you, by the way, and I think that that's fantastic about the phone, because like when the game came out, uh, all of the disc sleeves, because it was a bunch of discs, each one of them, the sleeve itself was uh, the image from uh, each of the beetles in that dome. Oh, wow. And so you get to have all of those. And I would just like look at those when I wasn't playing the game. And I was just yeah. like, what does all of this mean? At the time, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. And, you know, adult me now looking at these 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 uh stained glass imagery like it's very clear what it is and the context of it is very fascinating but uh to go to the plot mike and to get back to this you're not going in alone i mean you're going in with a book that is supposed to look like it takes you back to denis and but it's a trap book it's something to trap your father in your uh his father into and um and like what's crazy about it is that it starts off where you're captured immediately a cage goes around you and a guard who, by the way, uh, is speaking, uh, tries to speak Denis, the Denis language, is failing really miserably and then goes into Rivenese, uh, which are two developed languages <laughs> for That's this so game. wild. And so, like, he's doing bad Denis. So, like, he, he's trying to remember the words and, like, and he's trying to get it right and he's mixing them up and he actually, like, says some of the words incorrectly. And then he jumps into Rivenese. And I'm just like, at the time, we're all just like, a whipple, 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 you know, and like, no idea what he's talking about and like what that, what that is. But now, no knowing like, oh, they did develop these languages. Here's what they are. And this is what is actually happening. But he takes that book because he's like, oh, I'm going to get an award. I'm going to a reward for this. I, you know, I did it. Woohoo. And he is immediately murdered and the book is stolen and you're freed and you explore now the islands. And <laughs> it's wild. It's such a wild it's game. Wild. That sequence was so confusing to me for so long. I mean, I probably played it about five or six times before I understood like, oh, OK, here's what's going on. Um, and I, I, it's the, the kind of pantomiming that he does, I think is so, and the, the costumes that everyone is wearing in yeah. the FMV sequences are yeah. incredible. Well, cause he, he's wearing, he's wearing, uh, 
like fake makeshift Denis clothes that do not fit him. Like, and to even really heighten the fact that Gan is trying to recreate Denis with the Rivenese people. Mm-hmm. And he is, uh, it's just people playing pretend and playing cosplay. And it's just, it's so amazing. Ah, sorry. But like the production values for this game are so, like, because they made so much from Miss that they were just pouring everything they had into this game. Yeah. Like the, just everyone, like all the, I mean, the amount of art assets they generated, but also like with the FMV, you know, yeah. the, the sets and. Yeah, because especially with the FMV in Riven, there are situations where there are characters, uh, you know, live actors going into machines, machines rotating and moving. And like them, when they build these blue blue screen sets, they're actively like getting into like, a seat and then having that like rotate in the scene and then move, like actually moving it along um, as if that was actually happening instead of just like taking that image and then just uh, computer generating it to move, you know, just to make it transpose mm. from one place to the other. Uh, that would look really fake. So they actually did really move those characters, those people, those uh, actors along, which is really great. Oh my gosh. That's wild. And I think the use of FMV is, is really cool because there'll be, there'll be bits like when you're walking through areas that you've been through before, like every once in a while, you'll see someone running around in the background or people kind of scampering away to, you know, hide or things like that. And it just, it makes it feel like you said, like a place that you're just exploring something that's alive, something that's real, Um, which actually that kind of gets me to a, a question that I have about how did this game work when it was on CD? So like, how would the swapping work? Because I've were, only ever played it on DVD islands. or digital. Okay. Yeah. So each island was a CD. So every okay. time you went from one island to the next, it would change the CDs at that point. So it wasn't gotcha. some weird arbitrary situation. You get to watch the uh, the the wonderful, you know, little roller the coaster trolley. ride yeah. from one to the other, and then boom, switch CDs. Okay. But it was still a pain in the butt, especially if you're like, oh crap, I didn't want to go here. I have to go back, and it's like, yeah, oh, CD. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and so I'm trying to remember. So there's. A couple ages as well. Was the CD swapping? I'll explain the ages in a second, but like, was the swapping based around those ages as well? Um, Do you I, remember? I believe that they were tied. So Gen has his his age, the 233rd age and uh, the age of Tay. I think they're both tied together. I mean, spoilers for folks, there's other places you go to, not just Riven. Um and those ones are tied to like a singular CD. Um, and I think they're also tied with the the, the prison island, which is fairly small. Um, mm-hmm. And there's really not much to that island. So I think that those three were put together as one. And then every other one was their own individual CD. So temple, jungle, crater, and plateau. Okay. Yeah. I realize I'm asking you about the location of data on CDs from over 20 years ago. So. No, I got um, you, Mike. Don't worry. <laughs> and but, also, if I'm completely wrong and talking out of my ass, which I do a lot... Be sure to, to totally correct me in the comments because I love corrections. Um, so, yeah, so there are multiple. It's very different from this where everything's very self-contained in like mm-hmm. basically their own zones where you beat one and then you're kind of done with it. Um, you got the you're going to have to help me with the names for this, but, but there's the main Riven Age. There's mm-hmm. multiple factions in this game where they, they go really deep with the lore here. So there's the people who follow Gen, and then there's a rebel faction, and they have their own age. 
right? Yes. Which you see on the box are for the game. That's right. not Riven. That's um, yeah. in the what, kind of uh, the dark blue in the in the water. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that's the home of the Moiety, which is the re- okay. re- the rebel like faction. The and um, what's the the age called? Tay. Okay. Uh, it was, again wrote it, and it was a failed age that he uh, went to send to be destroyed. And uh, Catherine saved it, fixed it, and um, made some changes to it, which is that giant tree that you see, which is a representation of the um, they. So the island of Riven was this very large island, um, and this isn't really spoilers to any puzzles or no. anything like this. This is just kind of context. Um, but the island of Riven was this one enormous island, and at its center was this enormous tree, uh, this you know tree that they revered, and these sorts of things, and. Uh, because of these earthquakes and again uh, using their forests to make uh, books, more books. Um, and, and attempts to make more books a lot of times um, uh, destroyed the tree completely and um, you, you technically get to see some of that like, as you explore it's still technically there um, and but Catherine used that as an inspiration and uh, made a facsimile of that tree in the Age of Tay as the home for the rebe- rebellious faction. And then Ken has his own... So basically the story behind... Well, Catherine is basically the only person who seems to know what she's doing in this whole game. Because you have, <laughs> I mean, um, because Ken is the most awful writer like i mean he's a bad i don't know i don't think this is much of a spoiler to say that ken's not a great guy but (laughs) um i think they briefly try to make it seem like well maybe he's not so bad but i don't know i don't think we can get into that spoiler but i don't think they tried that hard um but yeah Catherine's like even though she's been captured she's got like this whole rebel faction that's she kind of organized. Um, she's a better writer than I was. Yes. Maybe. I don't know. A better writer than Atris, maybe. I don't know. But just she like, breaks the rules. Um, if you ever read the book of Atris, um, the, a fa- fiction novel that's kind of an in between to give you kind of information and context to Riven, you know, these, the life of Atris and Gen before the events of Mist and all the whole series. Um, it really is a setup for the world of Riven and Catherine and who she is and who Gen is and, and Atris, of course, because these characters, you don't really have much exposure to when you play Mist and you play Riven, you really don't get to experience them very much. But with uh, the, the book of Atris, um, I mean, it's Polish for that, I guess. Uh, Catherine is, she writes books, but she doesn't follow the rules of Denis. Uh, the, the Denis people have the innate ability, not the innate ability, they have the learned ability yeah, that that's the that's the ultimate that's the question trick. is do they have the innate ability or don't they? Ken says yes. The reality is no, they don't. Um and uh she uh they but they have these rules, strict rules on how you write these books that connect you to these other places in the grand scheme of the universe. And she doesn't follow those, yet they are stable and they exist and they are real, and that breaks the, the foundation of what Atris understands because he was raised just learning what Gen taught him and then his own critical thinking of that's not right it should be like this and he happens to be right and is just natural ability to write 
It's fascinating. It's fascinating. Uh-huh. I, th- I think the thing that is most interesting, the thing that I've always found the most interesting about, and this is such surface level, I mean, uh, is the idea of, okay, these, these books that they're writing, are we creating worlds? Or are we linking to worlds that are already there? And like the ideological difference between Atris and Gan, where Atris is just always like, no, you know, I'm just describing something that's already there. Whereas Gan has that kind of hubris where, no, I'm, I'm pulling this into existence. I'm making this, you know, he only refers to the ages by their numbers because to him, that's, that's, you know, all that it is, right? It's yeah. just another book on the shelf, something like that. Um, and I think, oh man, it's great. Just like even the, and how deep, how far you can dig into that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's real fun. It's, it's real good. <laughs> just from something where it's like, Hey, wouldn't it be cool if we made a game where it was like, there was uh you opened a book and there was an FMV that played inside of it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Cause like when Mist comes out, it's not fully fledged. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the world of Denis is, uh, really based on the concept of like a children's story that uh um ryan miller had made up and it wasn't fully fledged out like it was you know post mist and how riven is the beginning of the the scion design mentality the scion design mentality of uh closing the circle um, and this is a thing that I constantly preach to people as being an incredibly effective way to engage people in your narrative. Um, you look at, and, and they even show this in the way their logo plays at the beginning mm, mm-hmm, of their mm-hmm. games. They have a, a C and that is an, of course, it's an incomplete circle. And then there's a little wedge that goes into it, completes it into a full circle. And now the logo, you know, it's like, oh, cyan worlds or whatever. And then it plays that and, scary uh, sound and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, but that, <laughs> yeah, you hear that tune and you're like, ooh. Uh, but here's the thing, though, is that that's representative of their design philosophy. And, and what that means is uh, they provide you... Uh, parts and pieces of information of the world and the rules that the world plays by. And you as the player, uh, if you want to effectively get the most experience out of this, it's not necessarily uh, mandatory, but uh, you you close that circle. Uh, you complete that information with your own critical thinking skills or by applying the information that they provide to you to then give you more information about the world, more context to how these puzzles uh, behave. And it is absolutely phenomenal. And when people like talk about, um, uh, when people talk about like the Mist franchise in general, they don't see they don't see the context. They they a lot of people will typically just see mm. oh these are puzzles, and they, they don't necessarily like get that the way that Cyan Games made made their stuff, how Riven works, how Mist Five how Uru Ages Beyond Mist and Mist Online, how those games behave and are designed are drastically different than how we experience games like Mist 3 and Mist 4. And while those games mm. have some of that context in it, it's not to the level of detail uh, as what Cyan does in this. And how I always describe this stuff is that it is a Tolkien le- uh, level of detail where, again, not com- mandatory to truly understand how to progress in the game, but is there to make that world seem more real or fleshed out, more interesting. And while a lot of the rules that they apply to the to the worlds that they build aren't necessarily scientifically possible, they're interesting and they play they stick to those rules. And so they're the rules that we play by. I, it drives me wild when Mist fans are like, well, let's, you know, we got to find a real world scientific explanation for all of this. And so like you don't really, Ooh, you, you don't have no. to. We do not need yeah. to get into quantum mechanics. Thank you very much. Sorry, oh, this, big rant. It's a good game. No, yeah. 
Is there anything that we wanted to say about the graphics in the game? I mean, other than that's a significant step up above what they had in uh, the original Mist, but also at the same time, they're very good, but maybe in like at the time, like 3D was starting to come up, right? And so you had people, I think, that while it wasn't as, I don't know, I don't want to say it's not as impressive, but it wasn't following what was huge at the time, which people were, you know, like every yeah. adventure game was jumping to 3D and, and this did not follow it, partially because it was in development for so long. Yeah. And I think that that hurt the game too. If it, if it came out in a year or even a year earlier, it, it, it sold very well, but it probably would have sold even better. Um, I yeah. think that it's just my guess. Um, and then it, the difficulty are probably the two things that maybe didn't. And also because in the midst, it was such a unique, pop culture thing that you could not replicate that success again anyway yeah, yeah no the the millers were not doing you know clothing advertisements after riven was released like, right yeah um but one of the things well you you talk about like what were some of the factors as to why this wasn't as successful as mist even though it was still really really successful it sold incredibly well um I, there's a lot of things a lot of factors that go into this um of course it, it didn't have the mainstream appeal because a lot of those people who enjoyed mist um there's there's certain fundamental like design ideas that made it more accessible like having a hub station mm. mist island being that hub for people was incredibly effective for uh for players to be able to uh parse what is going on and what they need to do and having those ages be self-contained puzzles where ribbon doesn't have that and it becomes more interweaving and interconnected and therefore much more complex so a lot of people didn't like it as much but the i think the the most uh, and and please, by the way, you can tell me to be quiet at any point in time. Uh, <laughs> one of the most important things, and a thing that a lot of people don't typically recognize, is the 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 cultural state of video games in 1996 uh, is a very drastically different world than in 1991, 1992. Like, right? Um, well, it, people have moved on to like first person shooters at this point, kind of, and kind of. Uh, the adventure game genre was already kind of starting to decline in yeah. popularity, and, and not to mention uh, just how the the backlash that that Mist received from uh, from video game critics, from the video game community in general, for it being not a real game, and you know, uh, began the death of the video game industry. Blah 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 blah. This, this madness of uh, the fact that it was mainstream that it was inherently bad. Um, but not only this, like how we advertised video games in 1996 was a very different time. It was far more edgier, far more trying to be salacious and sexual and like just intense uh, advertisements that were trying to be edgy to appeal to a younger audience. And Riven is the antithesis of all of those things. It is not marketable at that point. Uh, and people already had this reaction to mist and that reaction to riven just further entrenched them into the idea that these games are not real games these aren't true games these aren't worth anyone's time these are inherently bad no one should play them which is madness 
Is the is so is the time between Miss and Riven is that like the multimedia games explosion like when we have Hollywood putting a lot of money into making hey mm-hmm. here's this you know celebrity FMV poker you know all yeah. the, all those yes. games like that okay. and, and yep. it was already declining yeah. I think by the time yeah. Riven came out so like Mist was the 94, beginning 95 is when everything went down like everything okay. started to just go really heavy into decline and Riven was kind of like that last gasp of air um, right even it's fantastic and phenomenal but the world was already over it. Yeah, and so that's why, like, well, I think Exile did okay, but yeah. it did not do it nearly as well as even Riven, is my no. understanding. Like, it no. sold fine because they did Mist 4 and 5, but, like, yeah, it was, like, yeah, 97 would be the kind of the end. Well, it was already kind of big past year. 98 is Ocarina, 98 is, I think, Final Fantasy Seven ninety eight is is Half Life ninety eight as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people were already moving on to three D. Like you had Quake was already out by yeah. then. Um, so it was like people were kind of over the static yeah. images, even though like it holds up great. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I've definitely facetiously described Riven as a serious, like a slideshow that's password protected, right? But, and like um, people. Yeah, like I think people were like whenever Street Fighter Three came out, that was two D art, and that did well mm. with the fans. But like you know, you had people that criticized it for not being three D. It didn't and, like, do well with fans either, Mike. Everyone hated. That? Everyone hated Street Fighter Three. It didn't go. No well one likes those freaks. No oh, people okay. hated it. Um, Where's oh, Chun Lee? Where's Ken? Yeah, exactly. Where's oh, Ryu? Where's okay, Ken? Okay. Who are these twins? Yeah, um, but also the fact that at that point, you know, two uh, D graphics were out. And like there, nobody wanted those. Everybody wanted 3D graphics, you know, but uh, also people wanted, like people would have said at that time, right, that uh, Final Fantasy VII uh, on the PlayStation had better graphics than Riven, you know? And it's like, but those are like just boxes, super low poly on pre-rendered backgrounds that are really compressed imagery and that sort of thing. And people would look at that and say, well, that's better. Not completely understanding that like, the backgrounds and environments of Final Fantasy VII is very comparable to the way that Riven is uh, visually, like how their world is is built. You have your pre-rendered backgrounds, you have these computer graphics that are overlaid on top of them, and that sort of thing. Um, it, but people would just say, just inherently, because there are these 3D models and they're moving around and you control them, it is inherently better graphics than that. And that just is wild to me. My poor brain cannot parse such a thing. Do you, um, this is side note, but do either of you have any idea of like why Riven, I think, so like when I think of mist, I think that the word that I would use to describe the way that looks is almost like wet or flat or something like that, where yeah. when I look at Riven, it feels rough and real and things like that. And I think John, you mentioned before we started, started that it has to do with some of the, like the way that the textures were captured for the game and stuff yeah. like that. They hit Arizona. And they looked at, you know, um, like Adobe as te- like textures and like real, you know, stone. And they took high quality images of those and those became what their textures were. Uh, and so part of the reason why Riven took so long to make is because rendering those images took an incredibly extensive long time uh, to do because they were using like uncompressed high resolution images. And so like each picture would just take days. <laughs> And uh, but it was uh, it was striking because they would just go out into the real world, capture real textures of real materials, use those as the basis of these things. And it and it 
really gave like you you mentioned i mean like you'll there'll be instances in riven where you can look down at the ground and you're seeing the granules of dirt you know and where you play something like mist i mean i as a kid back in the day my computer lab in high school we had maya and i'm you know making little landscapes and stuff and it's like oh you know i made what looks like mist it looks like a mist world um because it was so archaic um, but at the time, of course, it was so revolutionary, but it, you know, a lot changes in, in, you know, six years <laughs> from 1991 to 2000 or 1996, 1997, but, uh, it's just, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Well, then I think another thing that's very different between the two games is the puzzle structure. Like we kind of mentioned before that everything's very, in the original Mist, there's the hub world. And then you connect to these more self-contained worlds where there's some puzzles and um, Riven does not have that. It's all very tightly integrated, but also there's kind of three major puzzles that are broken down into a bunch of smaller ones, but it's not like that immediate like satisfaction of like, okay, I completed this puzzle. It's I completed this chunk that will help me solve where to put these marbles or whatever. Like there's, there's really only, there's not, if you had to like put, make a list, there's that list is much smaller in Riven, even though like Riven's clearly a much better game and all that. But like the actual number of puzzles, it it's, it's very different how they yeah. design these puzzles. Yeah. Because they're all interconnected at that point. Right. So it's yeah, hard to they lay to on top of each the, other. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to make that distinction of like, um, when does this puzzle end? Because you'll be like connecting pipe work and uh, opening up vents and gates to power certain things and having to close them off to open them up in other locations and get access to different places. And so they all kind of work together uh, for you, like you said, like, you know, three really major puzzles. Um, and they're all little things that all add up to something bigger uh versus in mist where it's just you know puzzle to get access to the age uh two puzzles to get a page and then there you go you've completed the age and that's it you know two unrelated puzzles <clears throat> and here everything is everything's interconnected um and even just the the philosophy of and the culture of the rivenese people also reflect that sort of concept of everything being interconnected and everything being um uh, the environment, uh, the the flora, the fauna, how everything works is all this kind of interconnected experience, and they they apply that also into just how the the puzzles are designed. It's really interesting. Yeah, I, I I'll just say like most of my notebook for Riven, which I think is um, seven or eight pages, most of it is drawings noting. Okay, when I got to this location, this is what all the levers were set to. Because yes. I think the first couple of times I tried to play this game, I would flip levers trying to figure out what they did and then couldn't get them back to the initial position and was just like, well, <laughs> now I'm not going to be able to figure out how to turn on this wood chipper or how to get these steam vents working or things yes. like that. Um, I have in just a, a panicked scrawl at the top of one of these pages that says too many valves. Um, <laughs> yes. I'll I'll include that picture um, when I when I when I tweet the link to this podcast. Oh my god! Please do. <laughs> I want to see these notes. Um, They're really good. Um, just a quick side note. So 
I played this game uh, my I, my my last year of college. I I had been dating this girl, um, and uh, we uh, at one point we were talking about video games that we liked, and she told me, "Oh, her favorite. She just finished playing Abduction. Riven was her favorite <laughs> game. She'd beaten it, you know, six or seven times. She loved it." And I was like, oh, yeah, I tried, play, I tried playing Riven. I could never beat it. It was too hard. And she kind of rolled her eyes. So then when we broke up, um, I was like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to beat Riven to prove that it's not too hard. So uh, we had a long weekend. I think it was over uh, MLK Day weekend. So I just kind of locked myself in my room and beat the game in a weekend was just kind of hunched over my computer. One of my friends came to visit me from out of town, and he said when he opened the door to my room, I was muttering to myself with a bunch of colored <laughs> pencils, just kind of drawing this notebook, and he thought I'd gone insane. So um, it's it's really good. Riven's good, I think, is the uh, is the takeaway there. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, so is there anything else that we wanted to say about this game before we kind of wrap it up and move it to, like, the spoiler? So, so my, my, the one thing that I want to impart onto the listening audience here before you, if you are deciding to get into Riven for the first time, or if when you played Riven, you didn't fully, uh, grok what was going on, um, it's okay to look at guides. It, it's like the universal hint system is a, a, an absolutely monumental tool to use online. And the way that it doles out hints offers context to the world so that at least you'll understand it. Um, and I've always been a person who has stressed to people that like, uh, if you're using a guide, just make sure that you understand the why of why you're doing this. A lot of guides online are just going to be like, click here, click here, click here, click here, click here, you're done. And you need to have some understanding of the reasons behind your actions. And that will impart to you, you you've beaten the game. And no one can take that from you if you if you understand why these things work. And it's okay if somebody helps you in understanding those things. If you're working together as a team, like do not have this idea that this game is meant to be played as a solitary experience and only you alone can beat it. If someone helps you or you work together with somebody, like that that somehow takes away from the accomplishment, it doesn't. So take your time, take extensive notes, um, and really understand that everything they show you in this game is a clue to something. It could be a clue to a very particular puzzle that you'll come across later on. It could be uh, context to the world and a hint or allude to the interworkings of the world itself that you'll experience. Everything happens for a reason in this game. And it's important to recognize those things and appreciate those because you'll have a better time when trying to tackle those puzzles. Uh, sometimes there'll be situations where you look at something like, I don't understand why this thing seems so weird and arbitrary and it doesn't fit in this world. It absolutely does. And all that's happening there is just showing that you haven't quite figured out the rules of the world yet. And take that into mind when you approach this game and you'll get a lot more out of it. Just take your time. Work with people if you need to. It's okay to use a guide as long as that guide is giving you context. It's a and it's a fantastic game. Just go play it, please. It's so good. It's so good. Everyone should play it. Every time it goes on sale, I make the blanket tweet, "Hey, DM me, and I will, you know, I'll pay the three dollars to buy Riven for you because it is. I just think it's something that I think anyone who plays it will find something that they can like in it. Um, mm. even if it's, you know, even if you don't get very far, I think there's, there's, it's, it's meaningful. It's, it's valuable. It's, 
it's uh i think it's a good experience to just kind of wander around that island and and see what is there it's enriching Mm -hmm. for you as a player not many games you can say that uh about where you coming out of this you feel accomplished you feel like you have um you have you have changed in some way like you have improved in in some fashion as a person <laughs> i know that's very mm-hmm. like sounds so schlocky no, but in absolutely. reality yeah your your ability to understand uh these puzzles and and figure them out helps you in just kind of how you approach problem solving in general it's really good it's so interesting ah <laughs> Okay, so I <laughs> clearly we'd all recommend it. I would yes. say play. I mean, my I guess my caveat would be just if you did not like Mist, I yeah, you yeah. probably yeah. maybe wouldn't like this either. But <laughs> um, play that one first, even though we, I think we all like Riven more and think it's a better design game. Um, it's not as accessible as Mist, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mist, totally. Mist is much more approachable. Um, and, and read Book of Atris. It's actually a really good book. It's on the shelf it, directly. It, behind. I wish it. the camera was on because you would be able to see it. It is on the shelf behind me. I've got <laughs> the misreader. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'll have to get to it eventually. It's a good um, book. I've I've got it. I've got the first two Miss books. Um, Those are the good ones. The third one is not so great, but the first two are very good. <laughs> okay. Well, then I guess we'll jump over to the spoiler section. Uh, clear, uh, of course, you know, if you're planning to play the game, don't. Don't listen past this. Uh, this is your warning because we're going to rip into spoilers right away. Um, but thanks for joining us. Um, currently, we are playing The Forgotten City. Uh, so if you're interested, come join us. Uh, the, the If you like Riven, you might... Or uh, uh, I don't know. If it's, it's not a one-to-one thing, but it's a first-person adventure game mm-hmm. with some fun puzzles in it. Um, come join us. We're the, we'll have a link in the show notes for the Discord. Um, I wholly endorse that game as well. I'm like, really excited about that one. It's been on my list for a while. I think I'm I'm finally going to start it. I beat it earlier yeah. this year. Fantastic game. So good. All right. Awesome. All right. So, yeah, I guess, Matt, when, where can people find you? Yeah, um, you can find me uh, at uh, Matster895 on Twitter. That's, uh, that's kind of the best place to find me. I've got uh, a couple projects that are just kind of tinking around, floating around, getting ready to start. But if you follow me on Twitter, I'll just talk about that when it happens. Okay. And then John. Uh, on Twitter, at Bogus Meat Factor. Uh, and on Twitch, I stream games four days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday evenings, uh, Eastern time. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Bogus Meat Factory, uh, where I go crazy like this all over the time. So if you enjoy me ranting, you will enjoy all of those experiences. <laughs> Spoiler section. Um, spoiler zone. Can we talk about how much of a doof Atris is? <laughs> oh, Atris is such a doof. That's why um, I love the wife I love guy. The doofs. He's it's so funny. I mean, there's so much that I want to talk about with him, but like his plan 
I guess it's after so you saved complicated. Them, <laughs> well, and so much of it is just like he's. I mean, I get it. They he's trying to keep things from falling apart, and so he sends you in after not helping you at all after you <laughs> saved him. But sure, and then there, there's key information he could give you. And even he's like, here, have this book. It'll help you. It doesn't help. It doesn't you. help. No, <laughs> but I love it. Very clear information that he does. I not do give also. You. I do also love to imagine Atris, the the man writing these linking books, giving my dad, the accountant, um, <laughs> a link to the Age of Ribbon, and be like, "Hey, buddy, you can figure this out. Good, good luck. Sink or swim." Ah, <laughs> uh, it's so it's funny. It's so funny. And then I love one well, also like. His plan, like, after you rescue everyone, I know there's all their other endings where you don't save people. I just, my heart can't take that. But so I just do it get the good ending. Oh, but, yeah, um, good ending only. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you rescue Helm. Catherine and Helm link to the, I forgot the, the Riven, not the Riven Age, the, the, no, they go. They pre- I don't know where they go back to the name. So maybe. what? So what happens at the very but, end is, uh, they link to Tay. Okay. And then get the Riven people out. Yes. And then they go back to. Well, no. Yeah, Catherine uh, saves everyone. Yeah. Basically, yeah. again, once yeah. again. And he gives you a miss book within which you link. Uh, wait, no. Well, no, he lets you fall in the fissure. Yeah, you just That's fall in the fissure. He just says <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> which is like well he says it's a very good it down the ending can never be truly written and you yeah. fall into the fissure and that's the end but it's just very funny it's a very good ending i'm did not complaining about i'm yes, not actually did. complaining about the ending but it's also very funny that he's just like well <laughs> this good should luck. work good luck, yeah. dude. we don't yeah so the thing is is that like he he sends you in to say like um you know once you have gotten again in the book and you've saved my wife send a signal yeah, and I'll come, and it's like, well, what? What is that? How how are you going to know what that signal is? And of course, there is the star fissure, which is uh, the most, uh, the second most enigmatic thing in the franchise of Mist in general. Uh, it is just a uh, a fissure, a rift in reality uh, that leads to a field of stars, and it's you can breathe in it, and it takes you places just randomly, <laughs> like. It clearly works because there's a mystery in four, but like, yes, um, it's just so fun. Like, it's uh, it's so funny, but it's good. It's a good and like, I really love it. I love the flying through this space while he's like doing his monologue, yeah. and yeah. Rand Miller's acting is very charming. I love that's the thing. People always talk like Rand Miller always talks about how much he hates his acting. I know it took him like oh, a million no. takes. It's so but, like, I love it. Charming. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a little goofy. Like, it's, like, whatever. Like, compared to, like, Gem, who's, like, played by a theater actor. Like, a real actor, actor. And, like, it's yeah. incredible. Like, I love his monologue did, and stuff. Um, but. Did either of you watch, this is completely unrelated, but did either <laughs> of you watch the HBO Watchmen show that aired a couple of years ago? Did. No, okay. I did not. So, Jeremy Irons plays a character in that show... Um, that's just Gen trapped in <laughs> yep. the prison book. 
um and uh, it's that it's i think the the performance again does is very good even though i i i think it is too bad that we don't get to spend a lot of time with gen because yeah. by the time you make it to his age in the prison island the game's over you've done everything right yeah. like yeah. the choices that you're making there it's not the same ones that you're doing in mist where you're having to like do some work to get like the good ending basically all you have to do is not be you know a piece of shit and, and you get the good ending in, in this game. Uh, like I kind of um, said before that I feel like they kind of sort of, they don't really try that hard, but they're like, maybe he's not too bad. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then like he go in his monologue, he goes kind of like, they start off like kind of making him seem a little balanced, but then like he gets into the racism pretty quick, like with the native <laughs> people, like Dan is fascinating as a, as a bad guy. Like, because one oh, of he's the, a and, great, yeah, he's, he's a great fantastic character. Fantastic with how little screen time he's given. I think yep. it's it's incredible. You learn so much about him, and one of those things that I think is uh, what what uh, Cyan Games does so effectively is the effectiveness of the journal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're reading these characters' journals and their own like their intimate thoughts, and you get a real. Um, uh, insight into who they are and how they behave and looking at Gen, like you'll, you'll eventually get access to like his lab where he's doing all these experiments with things and you're lo- looking at his frustrations and also his hubris. And like, there are moments where he is weak and there are moments where he is like a real person, <laughs> like not this, I'm a God. And you're very much like, I can relate to or at least connect with this character not necessarily relate but connect with them and they they feel all the more real because of those sorts of things that that make them so effective but he is so flawed and he is not he's not a a bad guy that is like perfect you know like i have this plan and i'm you know i have all the tools and resources in the world he is got very little resources he's doing the best that he can the be- in the way that he thinks is the best for him and trying to restore the Denis people who have all perished um except for a scant few um him being one of them you know uh and wanting to recreate that civilization in his own way and it being so like just he has so many so many issues he's so wrong on so many levels and it's just so fascinating to watch because like they they very much express like expressly state like gen is lost his mind he really has lost his mind with his obsession of trying to bring back denis in his own vision and you know this kid has this man sorry his only experience with denis was when he was like six he was like six years old like he was tiny and before he left and then he grew up outside of the the city of Denis and then having to come back and look at the ruins and piece things together in his own idea of what they should be. And he's so wrong and it makes him so good. That's so it's, satisfying. It's oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I'm on the, the actor's Wikipedia page um, and it says... Uh, uh, his best known acting performance is his portrayal of Gen, the complex villain from the video game Riven. The character developed a cult following. A short scene in which Keston, the, the actor, is heard singing Oh Sole Mio, is hidden in the game in a type of file known as an Easter egg. It was unscripted, filmed while Keston gave an impromptu performance between waiting for takes. And I, I is that something you can trigger in the game? Because I feel you like I've seen can. that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's 
there's so much character to it. It's yeah. it's really good. But you, he's addicted to drugs. Like he has he has these these little quirks about him, and like he's mourning like his mm-hmm. loss of his wife in childbirth, um, and that resentment towards Atrus because of that. And like there's just so he's such a complicated character in the like the best way possible. He's making all these blunders because he's grieving and he doesn't know how to cope with that grief. It's so interesting. It's also very fun that like he's he's also just not a good writer. Like he yeah. like he mm-hmm. like he's not that's like, the best part. Super competent. Like yep. he's he's just this guy. It's it's great. And also just capturing him is also very satisfying. Yes. Oh yeah. When you finally like it's like you idiot you. <laughs> Did um did either of you trigger the ending where you accidentally trapped yourself in the book while you were in the the Age of Tay? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's yes. that's one of my favorite things to do. It's just like, oops, <laughs> whoops. What do you do? You just like enter the book at any other time besides that one moment. Is that basically when he tells you to go in? Is that kind of well? You can do it there, but then also I think there's a specific time when you can do it when you're in Tay, like when you run into Kath- Catherine and the rebels. Yeah, there's there's you're a- in the the prison cell and they leave the book with you, oh, um, and so you okay. have the option to open it up and touch it because uh, they don't know who you are and what mm-hmm. your intentions are, and so they they left it with you because they knew it was a prison book, but they wanted to see what you did with it. Um, yeah, and so okay. you go in. I could uh, be wrong. Am I totally wrong? No, that, <laughs> I that feels right. Cause I, that's, that's definitely when I did it. Cause I didn't yeah. trigger the prison book at any other time. It was, it was yeah. then that's, that's when I did it. So, yeah. Um, I have a question for you guys. Like, uh, so like the, the opening moments and, uh, like, uh, Matt, you, you brushed upon it, right? The, the very beginning of when you start this game and, and being introduced to this world, you meet these characters, the guard, uh, you get an introduction to the moiety, even though you have no idea who those are at that time. Yeah, and the, the black and red um, steampunk outfits. Yes, I know. And when I play like Morrowind, Elder Scrolls Morrowind, mm. I'm like, oh, these are so the moiety from Rivet. Like, like these characters, the Ashlanders and everything in Morrowind. I was like, yes, that's that's all very much that. Um, but then that dome, the dome that Cyan Games is the bane of their existence. The, that, is it? Yes, because how they had to, so they had to do all the different um, dome rotate. So it's a dome that you can go into in the beginning. And it's kind of like a a, a shrine or a museum uh, with these scarabs that you can look into. And it shows you these stained glass depictions of the events of Gen coming to Riven, educating them, experimenting with their trees to make uh, pages for books to try and then ink to to try to link and make linking books because he didn't have the true materials that the Denis had. He had to make do with what he had. And um, but also like uh Atris uh deceiving him and being cast out. Cast out. It, that's not how it really went, but he depicts it as such. Um and like forming the guilds that the Denis had and trying to recreate Denis. Um, but it also is a dome that rotates. You can make it rotate and change rotations. And so they had to change. So every screen 
static screen. They had to render one of those for every different orientation. But not only that, how it's viewed from outside at the three different points of entry. And then not only that, but also the animations of it rotating from all the different orientations at the three different points of entry. And they're like, this this took like six months just to do this. This is mad, maddening. Yeah. Well, they had such a huge... Yeah, I was thinking about they had such a huge team. Like they really grew the company between Mist and Riven to make this game. And I think this is when they put. Was Richard Watson like a an, an the original Mist? Was he, he? What was his role? Do you I remember? Think he was, I think he was just a programmer at that point. Um, okay, I think, but he also because um, there was somebody else who worked on like the language and the number system and stuff like that. He inherited the lore master role. And uh, and later on, really kind of embodied the Cyan Games design. Like he worked really hard on stuff like abduction and stuff like this, and it was he, the like the the guy for Uru and uh, Mist Online. And um, but uh, yeah, so this was his like big start was here. Okay, I was wondering about that. And then the third Miller brother, did he work on this one at all? I don't think he. Did so it was just Brandon Robin, yeah, and then the this came out, did fine, mm-hmm. uh, and then Robin left to go kind of do his own thing because I think what he saw that like they're going to do Uru next, and that was going to be a long thing, and I think he just yeah. didn't want to keep doing missed stuff, yeah, he wanted the, to move on to do music and direct and that sort of stuff, but uh, like he definitely had a passion for Denis and like that world, but. I think that the the politics of designing Riven and all of the the things now that they had that attention was like this isn't my my thing. I don't want to do this. Mm. You're right. I, I love these things, but I don't want to do them. I was very happy to see him in abduction though. Yeah, that was fun. Um, but uh yeah, so uh uh so like we talked about like being too many levers. That's probably the biggest problem I have with Riven is there's too many levers. Yeah. There are so many machines. Like the rule one of all missed games is is the power on if no, turn on the power. Like figure yep. out how to turn that on. Or close and, the door behind you, I feel like is the other one. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely Oh, I didn't run into on. that. Like I kept seeing people reference that and like I think I just lucked out because like I just Close. You're talking about the we close the door and then you can see that there's halls to there's go to. There's a hallway yes. to the left and the yep, right. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like the one person. Like I can't. I struggle with other puzzles, but like for some <laughs> that, reason, yeah. I just like I felt like a genius when like I turned out to be like one of the few people that didn't run. They got it. Oh no, it feels really good when you get stuff like that in this game. So, but I, I would agree. I think that the machines, especially the little um, in the in the island. Um, the underwater little sphere thing that you drive around on the train oh, track. Yeah. I yeah. hate that thing. Um, it's so disorienting. I, it's bad. And, Cause like the, you can't really, it's, it's really hard to read kind of which direction you're going and stuff like that. Cause I, so I booted this game up um, a couple weeks ago to try to refresh myself before the podcast <laughs> and um, was stuck for about 45 minutes in the little sphere and then said, yeah. this isn't worth it. I remember <laughs> enough of this game. Yeah. Why that's so funny because like that's the stuff i do better and like once it gets to the like 
huge puzzles, like the the marble thing. Like the once there's one. two, the um, what do you call it? We it's the fire marble puzzle, but it's it, it's uh the one that is used to power the ability to link to books. And I think um, once you have, it's yes. in that initial island, the the first island, the where you start. But it's like one of the last. It's not maybe not the last puzzle, but it's near it's, the end. The, it, the yeah, grid, the marble grid, but like. Once you start having too many moving parts, like you have like all the, because there's a, multiple puzzles that lead up that you need to do to solve. Like that's when my brain starts <laughs> yeah, uh, fall apart. But Well, that's part of the, the problem with Riven in general is that there's so many instances where you get clues, but you don't entirely know that they're clues. You have things like, uh, one of the big puzzles is the sound puzzle. You know, the mm-hmm. hearing the animals and creatures and the sounds that they make. Um, and then uh-huh. knowing you'll you'll see littered throughout the island uh, these little spheres, uh, the little a, eyeball spheres that yeah. make an animal noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they make an animal noise as well as a number to it. And they're uh, also always next to like an animal symbol in the ground because the bug is the one that got me the first time that I played it through. Because the, there's an eyeball and a little fountain that fills up in the shape of a bug. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's tough. That is a that is a tough puzzle because it'll be like a, a big elaborate puzzle that you're doing that eventually would just lead to you catching a frog just so that you can hear the sound of the frog. But for a lot of people, they would do that and just be like, What what is what does that mean? what? And that it doesn't have you don't have the context because you don't come across that sound puzzle until near the very end. That's one of the, also one of the last puzzles that you you deal with. So it's hard for you to be like, where, where does this apply? Because you have to do so much to get to the secret moiety entrance uh, where they have this puzzle to get access to uh, Tay, um, their their secret age, and you have to solve this sound puzzle that is the the numbers, and they're attached to a sound which is attached to an animal. And it's a combination, so not all of them are necessary, but some of them are. It's random. Um, and yeah, so like that stuff can be hard with, with Riven in particular, because there's a lot of instances where you see something and you can't parse exactly what is it, what is it in relationship to? Um, and that's when you have to pick up, oh, I'm hearing lots of sounds. Cause like when, when I first, the first orb that you come across, uh, I think typically is like when you, you, you take a tram to the, another Island and as soon as you yeah. exit, there's one of those orbs and you can interact wall. with it. And my brain always was like, that's just the sound it makes when you turn it. It's not mm-hmm. attached to an animal or a creature. Um, because it's the, there's, there's the one that's kind of hard to find. It's in the, the little lagoon. Yes. Uh, with the, it's, it's, and it's really easy to get disoriented in how those screens link together mm-hmm. um, to get to where that one is. Because yeah. it, that was another thing. Like when I replayed it, I was like, well, I know there's an orb out here, but I can't remember how to get to it. Yeah. Um, it had to kind of click through the screens to get to it that way. So that that one is, it feels a little unfair, I think. In um, which which sucks because I, I I I think this game rewards you for exploring, but can feel like it's it's punishing if you don't kind of strip mine it out. Yeah, you have to pick up the, the what what it's trying to throw down, and if you you don't, because sometimes they feel arbitrary. But once you've like completed that puzzle. Or once you get exposed to that puzzle, you're immediately like, okay, like I I, I, I know, know what I have to do, but like it takes you so long to 
get to that puzzle for you to then realize, oh, that's what I need to do. And that can lead to a lot of backtracking. That can lead to a whole lot of, you know, where did I see this thing at? I don't remember. Hold on. I have to go back into my memory banks and figure that out. And that can be really a a major downside for a lot of people. That's why it's important to take notes. Um, The other thing I wanted to bring up was uh, one of the things that I think was so fantastic is just the people. You know, like when you go to their village, the Rivenese people's village, the ones that are still there, that haven't escaped. Um, And like they're running away and the sirens that sound when they see Uh you. And going, like I, as a kid, I I kid you not, I went to the door of one of the houses and you knock and like Uh sometimes you have a person look at out their little visor and and shut it. And I sat there and I knocked for like an hour straight being like, there's going to be a point where they're going to open that door. Like I just want to see people. (laughs) Oh, but yeah, and I get why they didn't do that for like design constraint. Like you can't when you're working with FMV, especially the way they're doing a game, you can't really do that much unless you want to like drastically change the game design because you can't have conversations, trees and stuff in mist. Um yeah. But it even the little bit they did was a nice touch that makes it feel more like a real world than mist, where, you know, even though I love the game, it's just it kind of feels like a real place, but not re- as much, not nearly as much as like Riven does, which the yeah. highlight of that game or one of the strengths of that game is that it just feels like a real place. Yeah. Now I've got a question for both of you. And that is uh, this thing that I talk about endlessly and not a lot of people pick up on these things. Like for instance, the trams that we take to go from one island to the other, right? Uh, do you like, do you guys like they, they talk about this in Gen's journal and like I, for whatever reason, obsessed over this for so long and it, it told me so much about the world and I don't know if anyone else picked up on these things, but like when you're in these trams taking uh, from one island to the other in the transitional video where you're going through, you'll go underwater and you see these rings, you're going through these red mm-hmm, rings mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, do you know what? I, I, I'm sure you do, but I, I, it's like, I love to enthuse about these things. Like, do you know why they're red? Like, do you know I what don't that know. means? I don't know why they're red. I do think they look really cool. I know exactly what you mean, but I don't know what they mean. There's a reason. Okay, so what happens is in the waters of, of Riven, in the age, in that world in general, there is a, uh, a bacteria that when it is superheated, it produces a massive amount of oxygen but it only does so within the the perimeter of the heat itself. And so those rings are actually creating oxygen bubbles so that the tram can move freely without having to go actually underwater. You're not actually going underwater. And that happens, and you'll see instances of this as well later on when you're in the underwater submarine. Uh Uh-huh, the little weird bubble that it makes around it. The weird bubble it makes around it. And that's just because of the, the heat. Uh, there'll be instances because there's a, the the area there have uh, natural heat valves. This is how Gen noticed this because um, when the islands ripped apart, um, you know, volcanic activity happened, and they saw he witnessed these things and was like, "Why is it doing this?" and did experiments, and so those are just naturally because there's heat vents happening uh, that you'll kind of go through these bubbles. And it's it's really disorienting. And you're like, I don't really understand what's happening, but it's because of the rules of that. But it gets even crazier. 
because the plateau island that's the island where there's the like the map of all of the islands oh, um, okay. yeah mm-hmm. yeah those are being generated uh so when you you're looking above these little um you're you're, you're in this little platform um high above and you're looking down at these pools of water and you push buttons and they will change like elevate into this weird topographical maps and you're like well that's weird it's because they're he's heating them in a way, uh, in various different temperature degrees to cause these bubbles to go up and create the topographical maps. And then he's using like electronic equipment to then translate that into the machine that you go into the island and you can then access and like really look at a like a 3D manipulatable map, which is uh, what you need to solve that infamous fire marble puzzle. Um, and like, but there's rhyme and reason. And so when I picked up this in the journal, as a, as a as a young adult, I was like, everything is making sense. <laughs> I just went crazy. I went Y'all, crazy. I'm ready to say that I think Riven is the only good video game. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. In, it's late enough at night, and just listening to this, I've, I had no idea. Like, I know there's a lot of thought that's put into this, but it's yeah. just because in his uh, lab, there's also when you have a journal where he talks about this, and it's, it's sometimes hard to parse because there's just so much information. But in his lab, he has this little beaker of water, and when you heat it, you can heat it, and you'll actually see it do the oxygen bubble inside of the beaker to like kind of exemplify it and give you an example of this thing. Again, it is not necessary to for any solving of any puzzle in reality, like to mm-hmm. have that knowledge, but, but because. They establish those rules, they play by those rules, and you can pick up on it, and it just becomes really fascinating. And that's how they inform you, the player, like like the the number puzzle, um, you know, going to like the children's classroom, yeah, and the game that they play with uh, yeah, uh, the sacrificing the person, yep. right, is so yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, Mike, do you want to explain how the number puzzle works? Because I, I think you're you're for, you're very good at explaining puzzles, and also this is this is I think this is the master moment of this game is the number puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, like in the schoolroom, you you have this classroom that one of the things you get by figuring out the submarine puzzle, uh, you can get to this classroom where you learn essentially the purpose of the room. I think is to learn the number system that gets used elsewhere. Um, you learn the number system through this basically kid's toy where it spits out these different numbers when you push this button. I think you push a button and it lowers a person and it, it, it's connected to like the number of times they kind of drop corresponds to the symbol um, or number and um, I believe this toy is, isn't like it's connected to how Gen sacrifices people mm-hmm. on the island to yep. this creature. And that's, uh, extremely dark, but, um, that's how these kids kind of help learn numbers. And, um, you see, it's, but yeah, you, then that kind of gives you a sense of like how their number system works. Like you learn the first. 10 digits, I think. But from looking at those 10 digits, you can learn how to do numbers past 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it is a, a base, like 20 number system, something to that effect or something wild. Yeah. Um, and uh, the level of detail in the, it's like, but that, that is, oh man. That's so, and there's, there's Dunny phrases in the school and they're, they're translated. And 
it's there's there's so much there's so much like for instance uh the the giant golden dome within which has the fire marble puzzle that powers the ability to to link books right there's this ridge along that golden sphere and there's any words and they say the end of this world is near in Denis. And it's repeated wow. over and over and over again. Like, and uh, when you finally meet Gen, right, in his his home, in his age, uh, there's this little kind of like gazebo. And on the top of it is in Denis, we are immortal by creation. And mm. like, this stuff is everywhere, all over the place. And it's it's so wild to like even talk about like just kind of uh in, indoctrination of uh like the kids into uh, like revering gen and these sorts of things the stuff is just littered everywhere and it's just so fascinating to look into these things and and have the foresight because we couldn't translate that stuff until long after um that stuff wasn't just given to us when the game came out there we didn't have any understanding of its language and its language structure um until much later especially like in uru they really dive into this it's not necessary but they really dive into this kind of stuff and they they piecemealed all this information for us to be able to understand its grammar structure and its its uh its letters and all these things and so then they go back into games like riven and in um revelations and like really transcribe all that stuff and, and figure out what they all mean and it's just so wild so wild i can't believe this isn't the game that bankrupted them like yeah. honest <laughs> yeah. it is it is wild well the game well, that's, that, the game yeah. that bankrupted them is far more detailed yeah <laughs> i was gonna say it's them tripling down on all of this Whoa. too where it's like to a i like that game a lot but it it's also to a fault like i mean yeah. because it's also just like you don't <laughs> You can still skip a lot of that stuff. Like you just do the single player and yeah. do the puzzles and stuff. But you won't appreciate it unless you're a crazy person <laughs> like me. Like, <laughs> but we'll get right. to that. We'll yeah. get to that game someday. Oh. We'll do, <laughs> it's um sorry. I'm getting topic. excited again. Listeners, if you listen to the miss one, I'm getting excited again. We're talking about Uru. Oh my god. Uh. Yeah. Well we'll we'll do that one. I, I would like to do all the games at some point because I still never I played three and four but I never played five the mm -hmm. final need to play game. Yeah. yeah it's um, good uh, uh, did you play that Matt no I've I've only played I haven't finished uh, Exile I've I've made it through the first stage of Exile I think yeah. uh, so I started Exile after actually so my Riven Journal on the front, um, and this ties back to something we were talking about before we started, the next game I played after Riven apparently was Her Story, uh, which okay, is the no. other Sam Barlow game. So, good. so I have I have about uh, four pages of notes on that, and then I replayed Mist, and then I played The Witness, and then um, didn't play any more games for a while after that. But I know in Exile, I made it through the first age, and... Uh, then I had like tests or something. So I, I'm always meaning to go back and play that and then four and then five, but um, haven't done it yet. Real talk. You can skip three and four. <laughs> I, I think they're, they're fine, but yes, they're also not. Yeah. Like, well, they do, okay. they do nothing connect. to advance the plot. Yeah. They're um, standalone stories, but yeah, eh, I, I kind of want to replay them. 
it, they're fine. They're fine. Miss four, mm, that's debatable. Uh, but Miss three is is fine. There's a, there's at least an interesting bad guy. There is yeah. I mean there. that's Brad Dourif, and he's yeah. going for it in those FMP oh, <laughs> sequences. Yeah. Um, but no, in like in reality, like uh, uh, Mist Online slash Uru is vital to play before Mist five. Okay. Like so, you, I, I guess we'll we'll get there when we get there. I'll probably follow along with the with the club if if that's the yeah. case. Because with Miss Five, it just in general, like chrono- chronologically, it happens in between, like in the middle of Uru. Like okay, they kind of work side by side. It's it's weird. It's oh, it's because Miss Five was supposed to be more content for Uru, but the Ubisoft was like, no. It was clearly yeah. So that yeah. So yeah, we kind of covered it before, but basically. Uh, yeah, Cyan was trying to not close, basically. Yeah, they were, exactly. I mean, because it were flopped um, and went through production issues and was in development longer than it probably should have been, but like, um, or not enough, both. Um, and so there's a long period where Cyan was just struggling to stay around, there, yeah. but they, they pulled through and so, and Free issues of games like Mist and Riven helped, like yeah. on mobile. Um, and then uh, the Kickstarter came along and kind of helped. I yeah, feel like that's. I, uh, I need to finish Abduction because I've played the first chunk of it and. Um, wasn't in love with it, but thought it was thought it was interesting. So there is a point. There was I was I kind of was in that same situation with you when I started Abduction. I was just like I'm I'm hitting my head against the wall. I really don't know what's going on. There was a certain point where everything was like, yep, great game. Love it. Love it. Okay. So good. But it took me a second. I don't to know how far there. you are in abduction, but oh man. I, I didn't make it very far. I think I was doing a bridge puzzle is, is what I remember yeah. doing. But um, okay. no, and I'm I'm excited for Firmament, just like seeing the screens of that. That's like, yes, these are the gears and levers that I like. Give me more <laughs> of these. Yes. So we love um, the levers. And- I am waiting. So I have not done anything in VR. I have zero VR experience. I want my first VR experience to be the the uh, the Mist VR game. Uh, launch me into Puzzle Island. I'm I'm ready to be there. Are so. you ready for the VR Riven remake? I'm so excited. I hope it. I hope it happens. Yeah. So what I is die. the current? <laughs> so what's the what's the current status? It's still in development. It's the, started as a fan project. Yeah. Right. Story yeah. Because I'd see it from. Is it, what's the name of the Mist meetup that they have every year? Mysterium. Okay. And uh, the Starry Expanse project was what it was originally called, and um, yeah, it was a fan uh, wanting to. They were just wanting to remake Riven in full 3D, um, and then Cyan Games like brought them in. And it's now like an official product and it will is VR compatible. So at the conventions, people were experiencing some of it in VR. That's so oh, okay. Cool. So that, so th- there have been recent like demos yeah. of it and screenshots and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. cool. All so right. It, it's out there. And so everyone play Riven in general. Uh, it's just, there's so much, there's so much. That's one of those things when, when, uh, to get any sense of like the games that I very much love is a game where I can play it and feel fulfilled. It's like, yeah, that was mm-hmm. a great game. I really enjoyed it. And then someone's like, did you see this? I'm like, I did not see that. And I go back and I'm like, I'm seeing so much more because I beat it and had that context. Now, when I come back to it, there is so much more that I saw. I see now that I did not understand previously. And uh, there are very few games that do that sort of thing. 
Um, and some of those, like uh, the Shenmue series is another great example of this sort of thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. Where, because in the case of like Shenmue, they, uh, they built the plot of this game in its entirety before they even started making the first game. Yeah, like and, 37 parts or whatever is always yeah, the thing that Yeah, Suzuki. it was uh-huh. so many. And then they, they condensed it into so many and it was supposed to be like in eventually like eight games and now it's going to be four and that's their plan at least. Um, but uh, it, there are so many situations in a game like that where you're exploring this world and you're making progression and you've missed something. You've missed a, a, a tweak, a little, a little something, a character that has something to say that gives you better insight into this world or an event at a certain time at a certain place. And like uh, with Riven, it's just like not even noticing the Denis writing on the walls that are just everywhere on the bottom of machines that just tell you like, this will give us knowledge you know, like, or again, above all things. And like these sorts of stuff that you don't even recognize is a thing. And then you see it like, well, what does that say? Does anybody know? You look and, oh, it has a meaning. People know. And it gives you so much more insight to that world and it becomes more real. It becomes more fascinating. And I love fascinating. It's, it's good. Sorry. I'm a frothing (laughs) sweaty tooth madman right now. No, it's okay. Um, Yeah. So we'll, yeah, we'll have to do the rest of the games at some point but <laughs> until then i think i'll play them and i'll i'll, I'll be i'll uh i'd love to come back if 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 you if you all would have me but uh, of course thank you so much for yeah thanks for i thanks for kind of working around schedules and stuff uh so we could have this discussion this was a lot of fun it's so much fun to talk about this game with people who who really like it yeah absolutely okay well i guess until thank you for listening everyone and thank you for joining us john and matt and it's a pleasure um, yeah my pleasure and uh all right bye goodbye